Welcome everyone to Poke Rogue, a Pokemon trading card game podcast where we talk about the decks that are not being discussed. My name is Nick and with me is my co-host. What's up guys, it's Austin. Today is June 9th, 2022. Let's get into our 45th episode. Man, that was, that was pretty smooth. So Austin, tell everybody, what makes this 45th episode so different than all the other episodes? I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> we are for the first time now we're like most podcasts like most podcasts i've seen people don't record in the same room with everyone on the podcast but this is our first time really recording an episode where we are over zoom mm-hmm. separated by hundreds of miles i know dude it's um <laughs> um I mean, it, it's weird because we we knew this was happening when we were going to start the episode, but then or started the the show. But then it's yeah. like, then because we bought the two separate microphones for it, and then it's like, but it never felt like it happened. And now it's like, it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> now it's real. We can't yeah. we can't just go to that bar by my house and get food to go, you know, and sit there, sit there munching. <laughs> I'm drinking. Not good coffee now. Uh, <laughs> I think I that's to, the worst part. I don't miss I just, you. I miss your coffee. Yeah, I actually didn't. I'm not drinking coffee at all right now. I'm just drinking water, man. I had to cut myself off just because, like, I was drinking coffee all the way up until now. So yeah. at, at like eight o'clock, I stopped, and I'm like, okay, I, I need to stop at this point. If I get so into I, another coffee drink, I'm gonna be going till like two a.m. Yeah, I mean, I'm drinking this because I do have I have to get on and do homework after this. But yeah. I, I normally um, get in the habit of like I'll I'll take a coffee to work, and I didn't this morning. Oh my gosh! It was- <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine uh, going to work without a coffee, mm-hmm. dude. That would just be hell. Mm-hmm. I'd be and watching work, the clock every second. Where I work, there's an abundance of energy drinks available. Uh huh. And um. Like I almost considered like drinking an energy drink, even though I've never drank in one or yeah. I haven't had one to drink in probably 10 years because I don't like them. <laughs> so but I was like, I need caffeine. So I almost, you know, almost gave in. But yeah. yeah. Um, so how's this, how's the new work life going? For all the listeners out there, Austin and I both made a move out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And we, we spent this last, you know, week really transitioning. Yeah. Um, the work life's okay, man. It is. It's definitely like a lot more work than life than what I had back in Memphis. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that it is just you know getting down here and getting used to the routine is why it feels like it sucks so bad. But you know, um, we'll figure it out. But you know, it's the job is good. I like it. It's fast paced and like the time goes by fast. It's just like when you get home, it's like my daughter's going to bed, which sucks. Yeah. But you know part of it but how's your how's your work going <laughs> yeah so this has just been like a vacation right now because uh yeah i don't go back to work until august so mm-hmm. i'm just chilling getting paid for the next two months and kind of just exploring the city every day that i'm in uh, i pretty yeah. much go out every day try different restaurants so i can kind of cross them all off my list and mm-hmm. go hiking man went wine tasting a couple days ago just like whatever the fuck i want to do <laughs> 
go into go into all the Pokemon card shops being disappointed because nobody else plays the game though. That's the only uh, thing. So well for the listeners, while he was sitting there talking about his wine testing and his, his summer adventures, I gave him the bird. But <laughs> I can uh, I can turn it around onto you and I've gone to several of my Pokemon shops getting great deals. Like I bought a box for 90 bucks pretty much. It's insane. Uh, of Astral Radiance. Um you know, everywhere I play, they're starting leagues up this week, but, mm-hmm. you know, and firing it up, um, getting super good deals on everything. So, I mean, I'm, there's abundance That's of play. Awesome. I played twice in person we, already, actually. And like, so. we got, we have like six shops here and mm-hmm. every single shop carries Pokemon product. Yeah. They sell out of Pokemon product, but they don't have an established league. And I'm like, I go to every place. I'm like, Hey, can we start this? Can we, Mm-hmm. can we just get a night and two of them are in the process like two of them are actually like filing to become professors and stuff like they're doing that paperwork so it looks like yeah. they're taking initiative like it will happen eventually it's just a matter of like will there be a player base but mm-hmm. people are sure as hell buying the product because all of these stores are selling out now they're not selling it at 90 dollars a box like you're getting over there they're more like oh, like 115 120 a booster box of astral radiance well, where I got it from was a place in West Plains, Missouri. And my job, um, they have a location in West Plains, um, Missouri as well. And so I actually got to go back to the store and was like, hey, you got any more boxes? And they <laughs> fortunately ran out. So, yeah. but <laughs> I had $90 uh, a box. Yeah, they're going to run out. Yeah, there is a, uh, uh, there's a card show happening here this weekend. So I yeah. am going to, I'm going to swing by this card show and see if there's, any product there for a decent price or any singles. I found a little bit of singles today. We have a place that has a pretty good stock of them. Mm-hmm. So I did yeah, find so we a Palkia V, found that. We don't We don't have anything like that, man. Um, I will say, though, that like the card shop in Springfield, Missouri, the one in the mall, um, the owner's really cool with me. And I was like, hey, do you have a place at a Palkia V or a 2-3 mm-hmm. line? Or, no, sorry, a 3-2 line? He's like, uh... I, I was going to use it and I was like, oh, okay, well, I was going to buy the full playset. And he's like, 50 bucks. And I was like, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. You know. So, yeah, that's, that's with, a great price for how many? Uh, a three, two line. Damn. With yeah. a two Kramer, with the two, two line of Kramer at Remax. Yeah. That's, will, that's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't complaining one bit. So, um, you know, I'm playing more and then we'll talk on that. So I went back and I played Joltini. Uh-huh. and spanked everyone i got first place with that went 4-0 with it uh, best of three and then tuesday night i took the road deck of the week which we'll get into soon and yeah. uh i went 2-1 with it and the game that or the set that i did lose we went to our third game and it was really close so okay um, so yeah, overall it gets, won you know it won yeah. five out of seven games then right yep yep um six out of seven no yeah you're right you're yeah right. it'd be five, five out of seven yeah. unless some of your others went to a third then it would no be... we never did so yeah, they were, yeah. so they five were five out of seven yeah. that's pretty nice yeah so um it's crazy that i'm like playing a person again so um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wish man i have all this time so i'm just been playing online did some some camera games with jack mm. the other night i'm hoping to do a bunch more camera games for the, these next weeks because i got nothing else going on just you know i'm Kind of just walking around the city. I got a. I ordered a bike, so mm-hmm. I can just go wherever I want in the city because it's like a very bike and walking friendly city. I can just get from like one place to another. I never have to go on a highway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when the bike gets cool. here, I can just go, you know, wherever I want and don't have to drive anymore. 
But not everything is good because today I broke my tooth on a piece of fried chicken. Let's see it. Huh? Let let, let me see it. Mm. I don't know if you can if I can get close. Oh, is it the one you got repaired? Recently? Yeah, the tooth I just got repaired. Oh. I I broke it in half on a piece of fried chicken, man. There was a hidden, just a little bone in there, hidden. Mm-hmm. I should have known. I gotta fucking cut my food nowadays like a toddler. Yeah. Because broken half, man. So there goes many hundreds of dollars. Yeah, that fucking sucks, dude. Um <laughs> Well, if we're going to keep moaning and groaning, my two-minute commute turned into like 25 minutes in the mornings and like fucking 40 in the afternoons. Because of traffic and stuff? Yeah. It's, it's, it's ass. It's ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's a part of being an American, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Doing lots of driving. Yeah, for no reason, because there's no public transports for us to take. <laughs> that is the one thing I will say here is I do almost no driving. Even if I wanted to go somewhere, there's just like no traffic anywhere. Mm-hmm. Because like no one lives here, so there's that. Yeah, that's how the it's how it's how it used to be here. But you know, they opened up an Amazon facility, and everyone and their Fucking dog. Fucking Amazon with their great deals yeah. and mm-hmm. prompt service and next day delivery. Damn it! Yeah, ruining our communities, <laughs> the inside out. But well, well shoot, man. <laughs> I guess it's time to talk about the rogue deck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get into it. I went rogue. I just had no hope. I really had to let shit go. Had to rise. I won't boast till I find my pot of gold. What's the name of this week's rogue deck? All right, man. It's called Spit It and Quit It. <laughs> <laughs> After last week's episode with all, with all the spitting references, you got to make a, a rogue deck <laughs> yeah. called Spit It and Quit It. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever know when you like you have a funny joke, and you feel like you, you you take it a little too far, and then like you still want it to be funny, so you don't want to re- like retract the joke, but yeah. you still want to apologize for it. That that did not happen. That did not. I'm not sorry about what we did last week. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> no, that was fun. Yeah. I think a lot of people didn't listen to it though. It only had about you know in the 50s, 60 or so plays so far in the first. Yeah. First, Lots I don't know of- if that's good or bad. In the first week, that's a little less than others, but, you know, it wasn't I, I think, a full episode. Yeah, so we'll figure out what's going on with it, but, you know, maybe we'll give it, like, a, a weird episode name or a, a crazy title, and we'll get some clickbait on it, but whatever. Yeah, because it's funny. It's, yes, yeah. okay, it's just funny. It's not going to teach you any valuable information to play the game, but it's mm. going to give you 15 minutes of laughter. Exactly. Can you really that's put a price on that? No, you cannot. And this so. is free. <laughs> so if you didn't listen to it stop listening here go back and listen to it because the deck is loosely based based on cramorant v max which we spent a lot of time we did a special segment or episode shitting on cramorant v max we got a bunch of people involved it was awesome and i was like you know what like why not play the card and so i built the deck using it yeah so we'll talk about it but, and can you guess what I used before you even look at the list? I would I would think right now you probably have to use Arceus. Yeah, yeah. I used that Arceus. and you have Arceus, right? Because you, you got an Arceus from me right before we left, and mm-hmm. you had some before, so you, you're going to find yeah. a way to use that playset. There were some at my local card shop, and then I um, traded some people, so I've got an Arceus playset now, too. So There you go. Yeah, okay, so anyway. what's, what's going on in this? How's it function? All right, so this is a four- 
three line of RCS V-Star, um, a 2-2 line of Cremorant V and Cremorant V-Max. Cremorant V-Max is a Pokemon, obviously, a colorless Pokemon with 300 HP, whose attack, it requires three colorless energy, but you flip a coin for each energy attached to it, not energy card, and for each head, it does 80 damage. And so... The idea and the objective of this game is to start out with Arceus, get set up, you know, maybe take a donk with Arceus, but really start mm-hmm. powering up primary V on the bench. Um, so with that being said, I opted my favorite way to play Arceus and to set it up. I went with two Zacian V from Celebrations with two um, copies of Psychic Energy to ensure that I always have that attack. Um I've just found that to be consistent, even if you're not playing a Psychic Energy. If you can mm-hmm. allot the room for the Psychic Energy, just, just, just go for it. Um, but to spice things up a little bit, we put in one copy of Radiant Halucha to help hit more relevant numbers. Yeah. Um, and then a copy of um, Pumpkaboo to help bump, bump the stadium like I always do from Evolving Skies. You put it down, you bump the stadium, like, um, you know, so if they have anything blocking your abilities, allowing you not to do your star birth, this allows you to get set up. And then um, where I've kind of deviated from the normal play is I went with one copy of Lumion B because mm-hmm. after that star birth is gone, you really have no draw support. And it, it, it's a bummer, you know, you get bricked a lot. And in my early versions of the list, they didn't have it. And basically I would find myself in top deck mode all the time. And it, was, yeah. it, was, it just sucked. But, you know, I didn't want to do what I've done before. So I added two other cards. I added um, our 2-2 line of the Origin Form Palkia V-Star just for shits and giggles. So, <laughs> And actually, it was a mistake where initially I thought the v- the Palkia could accelerate onto non-water energy. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going for it. And then my very first game, I just like went to play it. I'm like, what the fuck? Why isn't this working? What isn't this working? <laughs> and the initial concept of the deck was to basically attack with rcs v star with trinity nova and accelerate mm-hmm. energy without having to use your star breath ability so i played the heavy line and all the resources i needed and then use the um you know origin form palkia v stars uh v star ability to basically accelerate additional energy onto the cramorant and just do crazy damage mm-hmm. well um when I found out that it didn't work, I was like, shit, I have to come up with another deck. But the deck actually kept performing well without the fact because then the, the Palky just became a secondary attacker. Yeah. Because more often than not, people see you starting to load up this Cramorant V or VMAX and they're like, I'm going to knock this shit out. And mm-hmm. they should, you know. And so what basically the Palky does is it came as an alternate attacker and it allowed you to basically, you know, you just play an Arceus Palkia deck in a way and you hit relevant enough numbers and you, you play the game smartly. Um, and that was the idea of it. And that's where it kind of came about. So I would, and Palkia hits a little harder than Suicune, a little bit more relevant numbers. You mm-hmm. know, it can do a full 260 without any buffs if the benches are full and um, all, all around. Just, um, you know, so if you put a Halucha on there, that's 290 if you're hitting a V-Star and then a Choice Belt. So yeah, um, with additional damage. So really just an awesome card and i don't i see why there's decks based around it i wish it could accelerate onto the grammar because it's crazy <laughs> yeah. but what was crazy is you know you kind of put the energy on the grammar and it's like this weird distraction where they want to hit it you know and if they do then you're attacking fine, with something else you're just hitting with arceus again you know yeah and what i usually would do is i wouldn't even like unless i was like needed the grammar to attack i usually wouldn't evolve you know and just like Make it almost like easy bait, like hit this derpy bird or they're like, yeah. 
they're like, oh, they're only going to snipe me for, you know, because they didn't have my list. So they're only like, oh, they're only going to hit me for 160. Like, and so they're accounting for that numbers. And then you go, bam, BMAX. And then, you know, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, but to help us along the way for the trainer cards, we've got a two, um, two evolution incense, four ultra ball, four quick ball, four glim one tangle, which allows us to reflip all of our attacks on the Cramorant V mm-hmm. at the end of it. Um, four Melanie, two Professor Research, two Choice Belt, three Switch, two Bosses Orders, and two Fog Crystals. Um, the Bosses Order, obviously, they get out what you want. I initially only had two copies of Switch, but I found myself more often than not, like, not starting with RCSV, but mm-hmm. usually with that third copy of Switch, you usually see it. If you don't have the RCSV, you have the Switch in the hand, or you see it when you need to attack. So... Um, having that higher count is necessary. So something else that is kind of like you can cut and put in something else would be the third or fourth copy of Blimwood Tangle, mm-hmm. seeing that Cramorant is your primary attacker, but you're only going to use it about once or twice. So you just don't put it down unless you need to. But why I ended up going back up to four was to kind of aid in the Pumpkaboo. And so in my eyes, Pumpkaboo kind of acts as a fifth stadium, in my personal opinion, mm-hmm. and that helps you with the stadium more. So it was like, well, there's no reason to, if you're going to have a high number of stadiums, like why not go over five? So you're always winning the stadium more. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why it stayed in. Um, we mentioned before I had two psychic energy, but in addition to that, I have four double turbo energy and five water energy to basically, you know, you get the Melanies into the disc card using quick ball, ultra ball along the way, and then you you obviously Melanie or Palkia if you didn't use your start breath ability. So all in all, pretty cool. What I really like about it is the Melanie can bring you back from just about anything. Um, you yeah. know, your RCS can use its attack. I mean, everything, you yeah, know, Melanie, Melanie double turbo attach, right. And mm-hmm. swinging and again and then accelerating three energy again. Exactly. So, um, my bad. Um, the only thing I could really think of is finding a way to get the energy back into the deck. Um, for if you're wanting to use Arceus again and again and again, because mm-hmm. initially after one Trinity Nova, you're basically out of energy. So if you yeah. use the Roar of the Sword from the Zashian, you know, like in a couple of prizes, like if you do it twice, you're the second time you're not ever doing three. Mm-hmm. So um, something else worth noting and actually came up in my game and was kind of a misplay is you do have to remember that Double Turbo does. Uh, nerf your cramorant attacks yeah so, by 20 yeah by 20 um and so when we were calculating the math i like did that and then decided not to re-roll mm-hmm. and then my opponent's like well you know thankfully i had a we didn't account for the radiant halucha on the bench so yeah. it came back into my favor mm-hmm. but he's like no it doesn't knock me out and i'm like yeah it does and he's like minus 40 i'm like oh shit and then i looked down and saw the radiant halucha and i'm like oh because they, they, they stack too yeah, they do. Oh, so that man. is definitely something to account for um, and a big bummer. But um, yeah, this is the deck. Um, I just really wanted to, I was like, we can't do a, an entire little episode on Kramer at VMAX and <laughs> not play it at least one more time. So yeah. Um, and I was like, the Kramer Ranch are cheap. I was looking to get the Palkias. I was working on getting the Arceus. So I was like, I might as well build it and take it to my local, you know, local event. And that's where I, you know, I did so well. Um, got second place using it so um does well against just about everything i mean it's just an rcs deck without i mean without the dunsparce makes it kind of weird because there was a lot of fighting techs that i played against mm-hmm. but still managed to come overcome it like it beat the sandaconda deck 
which is Rogan itself. It beat, um, you know, it beat a deck that played like four copies of Moltres V or Zapdos V. Damn. <laughs> weird, like weird People shit. People are playing and some I, weird shit in your locals, man. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's like, but I was also playing this, but you know, yeah. I also saw, um, you know, there was a lot of um, Dial- Dialga, um, mm-hmm. you know, there was some Mew, there was some Arceus, um, you know, people were fucking around with the new shit. So, cause it's not even, you know, it wasn't even really legal yet. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're just kind of fucking, so nothing set in stone. So it's, it's during this time where you can bring in something weird and it will, you know, do well. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. And then online, I think I played it three times or four times against Jack and other rogue rats and on the, you know, and I, it went three, four against them. Jack ended up beating it with some crazy control deck, yeah, something rogue, just, you know, like, you know, yeah, I mean, the cram is hitting overkill on that stuff, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, and it always goes overkill, it's, yeah. and it's like, it's just a meme deck where not a meme deck, the, but it's the a fun meme of the feature. coin flipping, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, there was one time where I flipped, uh, in real life, I had 10 energy on there at the end of my attack, I flipped eight heads, <laughs> just like. You know, that's wild. Um, <laughs> and then on the ladder, it went seven ten, um, with one of its losses being Ice Rider, which mm-hmm. I would expect to happen. Another being Leafeon, and then the other just being a, a variant of RCSV Star. But it beat Mew twice. The two times it did, did play it, um, yeah, just fucking. And then single parsers aren't too bad because RCS hits it well enough. They usually can't hit it back. So if you hit it fast enough, you know, you do well. So but yeah, man, fucking spit it and quit it, man. <laughs> Have you thought about, okay, so this is kind of pivoting in another direction, but like, what yeah. if you played, um, what if you played energy switches and you would do the Arceus, pull off the attack, now you have mm-hmm. six energy on the board and you like do like yep. two energy switches and just yeah, fucking move some could. energy over to the cram, like real fast until like five, six energy on cram or yeah. more. So the way the deck normally plays out is like Arceus gets to attack twice, at least in this weird current state of the meta or at yeah. least the weird bubble that I was in. Um, so Arceus would go twice and then you just kind of would just hit with it again and not allocate resources to swapping it. So you were like, you knew it was going to go down, but you definitely could. But they, they would have to be energy switches and then like, I guess, retreat the double turbo out, you know, like yeah. just use that and discard it and then go big after the fact. I think you certainly could, but that would probably require like a shady dealings line because you're going to be needing a lot of pieces to include boss. Oh, I, I was just thinking like. you use your, your V star ability to, Oh, the star birth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Use V star yeah. ability and, you know, get the things you need. If you didn't have to use it to pull off the attack in the first yeah, place. That's, that's my only qualm with Arceus ever is that more often than not, I see Arceus having to use star birth to pull off the attack. Yeah. Which I mean, that's a good enough attack to, to use Starburst for. I feel like personally, yeah. But, um, but yeah, man, this is this is spit it and quit it fe- featuring not based around Cramorant Vmax because a deck <laughs> based around Cramorant Vmax, it's not a good deck. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Cramorant is not a good Pokemon. <laughs> I think um, the way it lies, you know, we can't have him on here. I think we'll try to get together and record with him this weekend, but we will have him on and we to will defend Cramorant. Mm-hmm. Jack defend will get his, his chance. That stupid 
derpy bird. <laughs> you know what's better than a cramorant? Like, like every every single bird, dude. Every single bird. She, we didn't mention ducks though. What can ducks do? Ducks taste good. That's yeah, what they do. that's yep. it. I saw yep. two ducks fucking each other outside oh, really? of yeah someone's house the other day. They had you know, like I, a little bird pen. Mm-hmm. There's just two fucking fucking yeah. ducks in there. Have duck ducks sex. here. We got one named Howard that survived the dog attack. Actually, I think they were geese, not ducks, but okay. But I, yeah. one duck survived the dog attack. Mm-hmm. So it has a name. So they're hardy, man. They're there's fierce birds. Yep. Yeah, he is uh he's kicking it. But they um I think it's actually now we won't talk about what kind of species they are, but their sex is anything but consensual. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, let's get into some tips and tricks. Hey, man, why don't you fucking listen occasionally? You might learn something. Now- what would you got for us, man? Okay, so with regionals and everything coming up, I wanted for to you. kind of, for, for me, and for, for a lot of people, you know, I wanted to discuss just some of the planning you know, for any regional or large tournament, I kind of just toothbrush, broke toothpaste. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to talk about that. Well, that you should do every day, right? <laughs> not just for <laughs> regionals, but I just kind of laid out a few steps I have in terms of like preparing for any large event, whether it's a regional or a cup or, you know, just your store doing some type of our local store in Memphis before I left did like a release rumble that had like 30 people playing in it, you know? So I broke it down to a few steps of that I that I would use to prepare. And these are steps I'm currently using to get ready for the Milwaukee Regional. So step one, I have analyzed the data. So before even getting into practicing, you know, what you know, practicing with your deck, you want to know what decks you should practice against. So you want to make sure that you have a favorable matchup against not necessarily everything, but I would say the top four to five decks that the data says you will likely come across heavily in the meta, you know, make up like 60 or so percent of the meta share. You want to make sure you know what those four to five decks are likely going to be and that those are the decks that you're allocating your time towards practicing. Because we only have so much time to practice, and you want to make sure that you're really navigating through those matchups. So I think that these four to five decks are really going to be the gatekeepers for the top tables at any event. So regardless of how your deck performs, if it can't win at all against one of those top four to five decks... I would say there's no way it's probably going to make it to day two because you're going to see it at the top tables as you start winning. And the record you need to make it to a day two or beyond that is going to be very high. It might be like a 6-2-1 record. Yeah, so, that's crazy. So you can't, have, you can't have room for error. You can't just say, well, I'm going to lose every Arceus. I'm going to lose every Palkia but win every single other match. You, you can't bank on that. So... You have to think about that when you're selecting a deck on some of the following steps. So first, look at your data, figure out what those four to five decks are that you predict will make up 60% or so of the meta share. So I just pulled some quick data here, just from a tournament from last night, and it was pretty abundant what decks are winning in the top eight 
and that these are decks that I should prepare for. So just from this tournament last night, had like 130 some people in it. In the top eight, there were two Muse, there were two Dialga, there were two Arceus, there were two Palkia in the top eight. Okay. Pretty, pretty obvious, right? The four. Yeah. The top four decks that performed in that tournament had two of each of them making a showing in the top. And as you look at the meta share, they made up a large abundance of the meta. And the online's a little different than in person because in person people have bought the cards, so they might continue with that because they made a financial investment. But mm -hmm. we see here, like in this tournament, you know, Mew's making up 18 point something of the meta share. Arceus variations, when you start putting all of those Arceus variations together, this online tournament had roughly 20% of Arceus in some form or another. So Mew and Arceus together is already putting you at just under 40% of what was present in that tournament. Next, you have Palkia decks that were making up over 10% in some variation. You had Dialga that was making up over 6 Coming, that's kind of working its way up. It's the new kid on the block after winning a recent event by a Japanese, but I think it won the late night series. Oh, okay. Yeah, it did. It's like only like a 2-2 two -two line. Dialga, yeah, it's crazy. Dialga. There's a lot like of different four. variations, but the one that's performing best so far is a 2-2 two -two line with a bunch of like celebrations Mew. But yeah. I am seeing some other ones with Deancey and some things, but it's something you're going to have to prepare for because it's there, right? If, if it's mm -hmm. winning, more and more people are going to play it. At this point, it's a matter of who has the cards already on hand to play in real life and yeah. who can order them in time before the event. But I would say right away, you see those four decks. Now, looking at some other data, it's kind of a toss-up after that between well, among who your fifth deck is. There's a lot of Blissey Miltank. There's Ice Rider. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things like that that are kind of coming up in the top, as well as things like the Reggie decks. And you thought oh. those Reggie decks weren't going to make it, but they still continue to perform well, and they're being played in a high enough quantity, getting close to that, like, sub-5% or so in any given tournament online. Mm -hmm. And they're cheap to build in real life. Oh, the win percentage was 38%, though. In this, in this tournament, yes. And, uh, the to I saw a tournament <laughs> data this morning from another one that they performed very well, and they actually came out over 10% of people played it. So, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I would still say, I think the fifth place spot is a toss-up. It's at a point where I myself would not allocate heavily practicing against a fifth place deck, maybe sprinkle yeah. some here and there. But I want to make sure that I have really thoroughly navigated the matchups with the top four, with Mew, mm -hmm. with Dialga, with Arceus, and with Palkia. So we come on to step two. Now that you know what the data says, you need to select the deck or decks that you're going to experiment with. I would say maybe one to two, maybe three at the most, but there's only so much you can play with. So find some decks that you know can hang with the bulk of the meta share. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean you have to have these fantastic matchups, but you can't have auto losses to the top four. Any of them. Any of them. You cannot have an auto loss to any of the top fours if your intention is showing up at the regional and actually winning or making it to day two. Because eventually, the top tables, as the data shows, are going to have these four decks in them. I'll so just the, be filled with them. 
So this, it's going to be a whole sea of them with a couple other rogue things sprinkled in that people have figured out that can hang with them. But you're going to have to be able to hang with them as you win because as you win one, two, three games in a row, more than likely you're going to be playing one of these four decks when you get to those higher tables. So what I have here is some advice. Don't focus on obscure all-out-loss matchups. If you know your deck loses to an obscure deck that only will make up maybe 5% or less of the meta share, don't let that be the reason to discourage you from playing it at these types of events because in real-life events, people go hard into these winning meta decks. Harder than they do on in the online tournaments. It's almost like you can double what you see on the online tournaments when you actually get to a regional. Well, it's like you can, you you know, we're sitting on a webcam, you know, people get a little bit more bold behind the computer screen. Like, you don't even know if I'm wearing pants right now. So that <laughs> regional, like, everyone's true light comes out. They get a little little insecure and they're like, oh, right. I gotta hide. yeah, they got to hide behind the They deck. fall back into what they've been playing or what they purchased. Mm-hmm. Like when I did the release rumble with the 30 or so players in Memphis before leaving, every deck played Arceus. And this was right before Astro Radiance. Every mm-hmm. single person except for me was playing Arceus or Mew. There was only two decks played, Arceus and Mew, among like nearly 30 players and then me playing Ice Rider. That's how, that's Bang. how much people fall into the meta mm-hmm. when they actually come to an in-person tournament. Like they really, you know, latch on to that. So don't don't let the obscure losses get in the way and that's sometimes why I would allocate to or I would say you probably shouldn't practice that much against obscure matchups cuz you don't Just want be it a good to player. you don't want it to sway your mental state and make you second guess a good deck that you mm-hmm. might take to a regional because you lost to something weird. If you're playing with other people to help you play test, really focus on what are the decks you want to practice against because you expect them to be there and make sure you can play against those decks. So as far as what is a good performance against those decks, you're not going to have a favorable performance against every one of the top. If you did, someone else would have, you know, you cracked the code and everyone would be playing it. So mm-hmm. realistically, I think you should be performing 40 to 60% against each of the top. So some of the matchups, you might have a 60 or so percent favorable outcome. Some you mm-hmm. might have 40. But it's a nice range where it could go either way. So maybe you're a little worse against Mew matchups, but you're better against Arceus, and you're a little worse against Dialga, but you're better against Palkia. And it all kind of balances out, but you need to be somewhere in there because you can't be in the auto-loss zone, and you're never going to have this guaranteed auto-win against all of these decks, right? Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. Even if you had an auto-win against two of them, but an auto-loss against two of them, that would be still terrible because you yep. can't have three losses, <laughs> In most regionals, you can't have three losses unless it's like a 10 game or something. You often, more often than not, like it's a, it's a six, two, one. Okay. So step three, you need to map out a path to success once you have selected your deck. So once you know what deck you're going to play, you need to examine each of those top decks, the top four. 
you need to chart a series of turns and actions that would be necessary to win that match. So this is before you even start playing against people. You want to think about what are the ideal situations, how many turns will it take, and consider what they're going to do in return. What are the likely things that they're going to do to you in return and how you're going to navigate through that. So don't bank on outliers such as like a turn one Meloetta. Yes, those things can happen, but they're not going to happen every game when you go second and they're not going to happen every game when you go first. Mm -hmm. It's not always going to happen, so don't let that sway you, but focus on the realistic plays. You know, Mew by turn two is probably going to be hitting you. Absolutely. How are you going to deal with the damage you take? What is your next move? So I think you need to navigate what does the win condition look like for this matchup if the thing if your plan goes according to plan. Obviously there are things that could go wrong, but if you don't even have a plan of how you could possibly win other than hoping that they get stalled or a bad hand, then it's not a good matchup. And you probably need to rethink your deck. Or what's in your deck cuz you need to have a plan. So I kind of figured this out last night as I was playtesting heavily with Jack and we were playtesting my Leafeon, which I've been considering for the upcoming regional against Mew. And Mew in the previous format prior to Astral Radiance was a near auto loss for Leafeon. But with new revisions after ex pretty extensive playtesting last night, I think we did like eight or eight or nine games, something like that, Leafeon came up with like 60, 70% win. And wow. to do this, I had to work through a very systematic plan ahead of time and know how does Leafeon win against Mew without relying on a stall or a bad hand. And it has to use with a certain timing of Mightyena. It has to do with the Leafeon V-Star being able to absorb two hits. And it has to do with hitting a Mew V, a Genesec, a Genesec for game. There is a very systematic play, or it could be a Mew VMAX that you took out with the Mighty Ena, but it's very systematic of how the turn sequence has to go to make this win possible. And it includes those pieces. V-Star, Mighty Ena, but I had to map it out. I can't just go by the seat of my pants. So I recommend that for these top four matches, figure out what is the sequence that gets you to winning the game in as few turns as possible? And it, think about what they're going to do back to you each turn and how you're going to be able to still recover from it. All right. Yeah, that all makes sense. Um, especially, I like the point you made about like having, the, you know, and I know there's more steps, but more on the mapping a path to, to success is you have to understand and kind of be able to go into autopilot or know how you want to go things. So then, you know, when, the, when things are not going your way and when things deviate, um, it's not, it's where you're not reacting to everything that happens, but rather being proactive and having a little bit more foresight into the, where, where the game's going to go. And that's definitely something I noticed when you play is you don't have to think so hard about three turns down the road because you already know what you want before the matchup has gone out. And so it gives you the advantage really. And I think that's definitely what puts players to the next level. So what do you, what's your next step, dude? Okay, so after step three, once you've made these paths, it's time to actually play test it with your friends. So against those top four to five decks, you need to deliberately practice those matches using the map you created to have success. So you need to 
actually take what you wrote down or what you planned in your head, what the sequences is, and then force yourself to carry them out. Because if you want to say that the that your your data is wrong, you need to actually give the plan a try first, right? This mm-hmm. is like the scientific process. If we don't give it a fair shot, we don't know that our plan is wrong. So you need to play out the plan according to how it's written. And then when you, if you discover that it's failing, that's when you start saying to your, your play tester, your, your partner and something, start getting advice from them and saying, you know, what could I have done differently? What are your thoughts? How could I revise this plan? Mm-hmm. What would have hurt you more in that matchup? You know, exactly. what, what should I have done instead in that matchup to hurt you? Because the whole point of playtesting with a friend, this isn't about win or loss when you're playtesting with a friend. It's about learning about what you could have done that would have been more effective. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is talking about what you did after it happened, you know, giving away some of that information because you're just practicing. You're going to be a science teacher now, right? Yeah. You should start writing hypotheses about about Pokemon, being like, I hypothesize that if I put a two two line of Myena in Leafeon V, that the <laughs> win percentage against Mew will go up by thirty percent. Right. And then I want you should do it. That's how you. Should. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be something. But there you go. You need to have a hypothesis that you're going to carry out this plan. You need to keep track. And now this is going to come down to step five. You need to take notes about how the matches. How many matches you've won going first? How many matches you've won going second? Take note of what cards were not heavily played, which cards were heavily played. Consider what could be replaced to improve the consistency or the disruption, etc. Because what you might find is after 10 to 20 matches, you might find there's a card that was only played once. And then think of how many times that card could have been something else that would have been useful. So we discovered that last night, um, yesterday in general, I was playing Leafeon and I had one copy of Gardenia in the mm-hmm. Leafeon deck. And after probably between the latter and then playtesting with Jack, I played maybe 25 games or so with my Leafeon deck and never played Gardenia once. It never came up as a viable card where I had both energy and Gardenia at the same time to do it. And that moment, I realized this card needs to go. There is no data supporting the benefit of this card anymore. But you know what I sure have hell needed? An ordinary rod. Really? Time and time again, I found myself in matchups where I had to pitch something important, whether it was a quick shooting Inteleon, you know, maybe the Mighty Ena things like that, that I really could have used an ordinary rod. So I made the switch and instantly found myself using ordinary rod. So I had never used Gardenia for 25 games, but then almost every game I found myself using the ordinary rod. So even the fact that the card was being used was a positive change because it had a purpose to be used. So keep cake notes, figure out how many you're winning going first, how many you win going second, and figure out what cards are not being played. Yeah. All good advice. Can I add a, a step there at the end, or have you done it yet? I don't know. What, what's your last step? I, I would say um, the night before, you know, when you're in a hotel, say you're rooming with someone, and you're just doing a little bit of last-minute playtesting. Yeah. I mean, don't make, don't make, don't make last-minute changes. 
Yeah. You've been practicing, you know, with something for weeks and then you're like, oh, I need to like, don't change decks all of a sudden. A lot of people do that. You know, maybe you're practicing with two, that's fine, but then don't come out with a third, you know, just based off a win that you think that's going to be more performing because in, in, in most cases, I would argue that it's better to go into a deck that has less favorable matchups that you feel more comfortable and more confident with playing with because, you know, rather than playing something you're unfamiliar with, because then you're just going to be a full playing I know a deck, you know, you're just, it's going to, you're just going to be playing and reacting. Right. There's, there's really no room for error. Right. So at the end Mm. of the day, if you're playing what people are saying is the best deck, but you've Mm. never practiced it so that, so you made one error per game, you can't make one error per game. There's obviously, you know, there's, there's obviously like, yeah, yeah, right. And and make day two, you're not going to be able to have that room to be fucking up every game. There's obviously some more optimal plays, but I mean like big fuck-ups, like clear fuck-ups. You don't yeah. have room for clear fuck-ups and making like a 6-2-1 record. I mean, or you're just not playing at a good regional. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm just thinking about like what I see in, in a limitless tournament. If you're playing mm. in a big limitless tournament, similar big, thing. That like, usually costs you the game. Yeah, you usually cannot make. Because even when you do everything right, there's still that possibility where they just had some better cards at that time and oh, they went first, you know, the game goes right now and it, it might mm-hmm. still be a loss. Even if you do everything right, it might still be a loss. And that's why it's not a game where, yes, we have players who win more than others, but we still have days where top players go 0-3 drop. Yep. It still happens. All the time. You know, if you look close enough, they're just not going to talk about those. But mm-hmm. they do. Every now and then you see Shemansky or something lose some games and drop out of a tournament or things like that. Like, it happens. But more often than not, they're going to play with a higher level of success because they minimize the amount of errors they make in the game. Because they play so much damn Pokemon. You got to play it, right? You got to mm-hmm. navigate it. You got to plan each matchup and you got to carry out the plan. So lastly, step six, make changes to your deck if needed. And that's, again, that's the changes I talked about. Like if a card is not being played, make that change and then go back, do it again and take new data and see if the data improves as a result of those changes. So after I made the Gardenia, I went back and I wanted to see was Ordinary Rod being played? How often was it played? How many matches were being won as a result of that change? So... Every time you make a change, you're going to have to collect some data. And I really think that for these top decks, these top four to five decks, you need to be putting in at least 10 or so matches as a sample size. Five going first, five going second as a minimum sample size to really get your head around what that match looks like and how well your deck's going. Because you want to weed out some of those donk starts, you know, you want to weed out the, oh, I started with, you know, Leafeon one energy, but no supporter, no Sobble, and I brick for three turns and lose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have, you know, anomalies like that, but you don't want that to be, it looks, you know, with the law of big numbers, right? The sample mm-hmm. is going to be more accurate and statistical anomalies are going to lessen as the law of numbers increases. Said it like a math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, all good advice. I, I It definitely makes sense. And you know, to take a, a tactical approach to playing, a, I mean, even a card game, um, it, it's 
it's just putting you know logic behind a card game and not making your actions and you know you performing well a random chance which you know does occur every now like when reggie won you know random chance there. <laughs> reggie's still <laughs> performing in the top like 16 in most tournaments there's one popping up you know every time i play against that deck dude by turn two they have all the fucking reggie's out they got the whole crew you and once they get him out about? it just keeps happening what's up you know what we haven't talked about on what the what haven't yet? we talked about the thing <laughs> the thing <laughs> the the you picking out a switch and me whipping your your bottom thing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> this is where we plug the discord if you guys want to see my bare ass gotta be quiet you can go on the discord and you can see a video but also a picture of where nick got me he struck me like actual form with a sword and left a whelp from cheek to cheek, <laughs> even wrapped around my hip a little bit because I wagered that Reggie's would not win, and then it did. So we we keep true to our promises on the Discord, don't we, Nick? Yeah, it's it's really quality content. <laughs> so this is good internet content. So if you're not on the Discord, I recommend go to the Discord at least just to watch Austin getting whipped by a switch mm-hmm. and then taking a look at a picture of his bare ass yeah but there's nick holding the switch as well you know so yeah I mean, you get to see him and um yeah all good stuff <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i have for some tips and tricks as everyone's out there preparing for the regionals i'm going to be excited to see what happens in the regional in australia this weekend because i'm sure that's going to have some impact on my regional in the following weekend all i can Come say on. right now is man fucking dialga dude coming out of nowhere it ruins all my plans. Man, I was so set on Ice, on Ice Rider. Rider. Yeah. So set. Like, and then fucking Dialga. I'm playing in an event the other night and mm-hmm. playing my Ice Rider. I'm just going. I, I ended up finishing, I think, 5-3. And two of my losses were Dialgas and just had no way around it. They were making it yeah. to the top. So I'm going to play Dialgas and it's just right like now. Maybe I, increase your Palkia line, but yeah. Dialga's fucking crazy, dude. It's crazy, and it just it just yeah. wasn't happening. So, man, shit like that, you got to watch the data because you can feel like you have a matchup that's winning every other top, saying, mm-hmm. hey, there's no metal being played, and then Dialga comes out of nowhere. So, Yeah, we'll see a little bit of fire. You know? <laughs> yep. Okay, man, well, let's get into some misplays and mishaps. Because you already fucked up, man. You can't fuck up something that's already fucked up. How'd you fuck up? All right, man. So I was playing in a local league using Spit It and Quit It. And what that's, I. That's essentially... how you fucked up? Because you played Cramorant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was doing really good. And this is what cost me one of my games, actually, was um, I guess probably getting first uh, was I was basically failed my or to manage my order of operations. Yeah. Or in other words, I just played the wrong card in the wrong order. Mm. And so with a sizable hand, I had ultra ball and quick ball. Um, and where I messed up is I put the ultra ball down first when I was wanting to play quick ball to search a basic Pokemon and then use the ultra ball the following turn. Well, I wanted to use a quick ball to get Zashi and V. Yeah. Um, so that I could accelerate onto the RCS V star. And so basically what happened was I played the ultra ball first erroneously wanting to play the quick ball. 
So I had to fulfill, had to discard two cards mm-hmm. to grab a basic Pokemon with an Ultra Ball to still, or no, to gra- I grabbed the RCS V Star with it so I could still like have the evolution line. Mm-hmm. And then I had to use the Quick Ball to just, you know, to do it like that. So what happened was I revealed, I used a lot of resources because I had to discard my supporter for the following turn just to get the setup. And then in addition to that, I've revealed more cards that I had the RCS V-Star, making myself more vulnerable or susceptible to getting Marnied, you know, yeah. at that point in time. Because Roxanne wouldn't have been able to happen at that point in time. So I revealed the cards just so I could not be totally fucked, you know. And, you know, lo and behold, my my opponent played Marnie, you know, like as yeah. they should. Because I had one you, card in my hand. Right. It's RCS V-Star. Mm-hmm, RCS V-Star, which would have given me exactly what I need. And mm-hmm. they knew it. So... That's that's basically all I did. Um, I blame it on. I blame it on not playing in real life for a while. You know. Yeah. Um, I played some webcam games and I made those mistakes and it was just simply grabbing the wrong card, putting it down, taking my hand off the table, and being 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 honorable, and and you know owning up to my fuck up and pretty much just cost me the game because they marted me into nothing and you know mm-hmm. well I had one card I got four but it ended up being shit to their you know and. Just how it went down, man. Damn. I think that's also not just the order of operation, but like you said, not revealing too much. Yeah. Right? Like double fuck up. Like yeah. not, yeah, not playing, especially in something like that. Like, because RC is V-Star literally is infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. Like if they and don't just, have a path or something already down and you're grabbing RCS, like obviously they're like, you're going to pull off some sick play. Yeah. It's like, hey, I've got it. And it sucked too because it's like, do I grab the basic Pokemon with that, you know, and just be like, not have it the following turn and then hit the supporter, which I could have done, but I wanted the guarantee that I had it. And because I was going first and it's also one less ultra ball in the deck after you've been Marnie, one less, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and the way stuff I to get the Arceus and the stuff I was trying to discard. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I had a research in hand and, you know, just like didn't have that the following turn and guaranteed. So Damn. Um, it was where I'd even have to use the star birth ability to get what I needed. So, you know, Hey man, you know, it. you know, it. I know. I, and <laughs> I knew it the second I put it down when I was like, I think I even said quick ball and I was like, ultra ball. <laughs> and I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how I fucked up. Well, at least you, at least you were honorable and you're like, Oh, I fucked up, you know, and you didn't try to be like, Oh, can I take this back? Oh, dude, you know how bad I wanted to, though, man, because it was... Yeah, it was like, that's just the I worst, knew, though. I knew the instant. I was like, oh, fuck, that is not what I wanted to do, so... Man, yeah. my, like, my that event I did in Memphis before leaving, I felt like a mm-hmm. dick, because there was a dude that he played something, made the same kind of mistake, mm-hmm. and then he's like, oh, can I take it back? And I'm like, dude, you played the card. Yeah. It's done, sorry. And he's like, oh, we're playing, we're playing, you know, tournament rules? And I'm like... This is a tournament. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a regional. Like you got to play the rules, man. I'm sorry. Yep, I had to do the same thing on my first match. They were learning, and I was yeah. nice about it. But I was like, "Hey, you can't do this." Um, and then showed her how to not make the same mistake again. I think that's the only way to not be a dick. And, yeah, you know. But yeah. <sighs> well, man, let's check out another. What the fuck is that Pokemon? Who's that? Pokemon! What the fuck is that? <laughs> okay, so this 
week's what the fuck is that Pokemon is actually going to be a series of a couple of them because I think the whole evolution line needs to be discussed because they're literally like connected as we go through this. And that's the Pokemon Clink, Clang, and Clink Clang. Yeah, you heard that right. Clink Clang and Clink Clang. Those are the three Pokemon. Original, right? I like it when there's, you know, there's synergy and what, you know, between evolution lines. That's pretty good. Do you? Okay. So, Clink, let's start off. Clink is a Pokemon resembling two interlocking gears with six teeth each. The teeth of the gears are light gray with a dark, darker central region. And this Pokemon is literally just two gears. That's it. It's two gears. Have you seen this Pokemon, Austin? Yeah, I've seen it. Clink. It's two, it's two gears. Clink. Yeah. yeah. Two gears, just solo gears. It's got like a plus sign or X over an eye. Mm-hmm. I guess it's supposed to be an eye. Yeah. We're supposed to like, you know, picture that as like a little face or something. And yeah. Yeah. Just, just two gears. So then. Well, it's pretty basic too. It's like a yeah. one to one ratio. Like it doesn't, one's not larger, one's not bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just two of like the same gear. Yep. So, so but hey, maybe, maybe the evolution's a little better, right? So then we right. go to Clang. Clang is a Pokemon resembling three interlocking gears. Oh, there we go. Getting another okay. gear with six mm-hmm. teeth on the smaller two gears and eight teeth on the larger gear. That's it. The evolution is literally the same as Clink, but they added an additional gear. Yeah. Well, that's how gears work. Right. You know, it's getting more complex. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's that's a thing. But literally, as far as designing a Pokemon, we started with two gears. The mm. next step is take the exact same Pokemon we just had, but we're we'll add a third gear to it. Call it Clang. But as far as design, all we did was add a third gear. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's gotta it's gotta get better when it gets to its biggest evolution. It's gotta be better. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So let me just say this before discussing the stage two. It is clear that whoever created this Pokemon was on their last week working for the Pokemon company. (laughs) They clearly had one foot out the door already. They're just kicking back thinking, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm talking about, Austin. Hey, I've done it. You've been that guy. That that is who this guy is who made this Pokemon or girl. Whoever did this book. (laughs) That is a God-given right to be a total shitbag for at least the last yeah. week maybe two weeks where you work somewhere you're giving that notice yeah fucking fire me or you know i've already <laughs> quit you know <laughs> yeah this so. this guy's they're like okay well you need to get one more pokemon done or one more evolution line and he's mm. like okay i got it i got it gotcha gears out of gear let's continue so then how i know this guy didn't give a fuck is because when we get to the stage two we don't even get a new unique name he actually just takes Clink and combines it with Clang. <laughs> and the last stage two Pokemon is just called Clink Clang. Okay. It's onomatopoeia, I guess. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like clang. Gears, Clink Clang. But that's it. He just mm-hmm. combined the two together. And how original he combines the two. And once again, it's all the gears together. It says mm-hmm. Clink Clang is a Pokemon resembling now, you can guess it, four interlocking gears we increased it by one more gear we had two gears three gears now we got four gears 
Six teeth on the smaller two gears, our original. Eight on the larger gear. And the fourth gear is on its lower side. And it is red topped with a thin spiked rim below it. It says the red core is used to store energy gained from the rotating gears. This energy can be released through a spiked gear at the bottom. It has round, it has a round green nose now. Okay, so we're gonna face mm-hmm. and a small mouth because gears definitely need mouths to feed, of course. The largest gear appears to have a face with a black square for its right eye, a black circle for its left eye, and a sharply angled white frown. Because <laughs> it's fucking sad. Because it's it's sad. Sad to even look at this thing. So hold up. I can understand that the thing needs to harness kinetic energy like some sort of a solar cell. Like that's why the red thing is there, right? It's an inanimate object. The gears are rotating. It's creating, you know, the kinetic energy. It's storing the potential energy in the solar cell or whatever. But why the fuck did Pokemon have to resort to anthropomorphism? Why is that necessary? You don't need living traits to exist on every damn inanimate object. Yeah, you do. No, you don't, dude. You don't just take a gear and put an eyes and nose and a mouth on it. Okay. Just call it gears. Leave it as that. We don't got to put a face on everything. You do, though. No, you don't. Let's call it what it really is, okay? You've done it for one inanimate object. You've got to do it for the rest. We have to be fair. We have to be equal. No. That's discrimination, man. Call it what it is. A spade is spade. This is a gear. It generates kinetic energy, and it helps steampunk fans get off at night. That's <laughs> oh. what this is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, the most rink- recent cling- clink-clang card we have is from Brilliant Stars. So, it's pretty recent. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty recent. It's a pretty great card, man. Hey, this is I a steel it. Pokemon. 150 HP. It's got an ability gear wall. Your basic Pokemon take 20 less damage from attacks from your opponent's Pokemon. Well, that sounds good for your basic Pokemon. Yeah. And then you got this super nice attack here for a steel and two colorless, because that's not expensive. You can do tumbling attack. Just 90 plus. It says flip a coin. If heads, you can do another 90 damage, 90 more. So 180, but you got a coin flip and you got to commit three energy to it. But your basic Pokemon take 20 less damage. Well, yeah, it makes up for everything. Yeah, it does. I mean, so you, fuck, it's not stage two. Has a retreat <laughs> cross to three. Yeah, that's not Doesn't expensive. That's 150 HP. That's fucking low for a stage two. <laughs> I know, that's a low <laughs> HP for a stage two. This is a low damage output. The fact that you have to flip to maybe do 180 and it costs three mm-hmm. energy. Most stage twos usually have a pretty, you know... For a hefty cost, they usually have a pretty decent damage output. Yeah, I mean... They didn't the want spike, anyone playing this. The spike wheel is obviously not spiky enough. You know, it's fucking... I mean, the art's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of... It has, I, like, the city in the background. Like, yeah, you can't argue the art st- artwork style. I looked at a bunch of different cards, of it, and this is probably one of the coolest art styles mm-hmm. that I've seen. And it looks almost like a strange space station or something. It'd be cool if it were any other Pokemon, though. But, like, the city in the <laughs> background and, like, yeah. the frame is not even, like, on a horizontal axis. Like, yeah, it's just 
this is one of the few arts where like, you know, the, the background is, is at an angle. This is fucking cool. Yeah. Dude, but it looks parts. like it looks like in Star Wars the attack of the clones when they go to Camino. That's what it looks like. It looks like the fucking platforms in Camino. Yeah, you're where right. they go to get the clone troopers, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. I'm that's the vibes I'm getting from this card. Except there's not like a perpetual storm. You're yeah. Never ending storm, but that's true. But I'm done talking about this card. It's fucking stupid. The whole line is stupid. Clearly, this guy was about to take a job somewhere else, probably for Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, fuck you, Pokemon. Take Clink Clang. <laughs> and <laughs> you got to deal with it. Well, let's get into some Rogue Radar. All right, man. So we both kind of picked out Pokemon for this week and both have a lot of similarities. I know what yours is and you don't know what mine is. So I'm going to talk about mine first. Okay. Which is a stage two that is worth playing. It's going to be Blastoise from the Pokemon Go set. It's not the Radiant Blastoise, which I think is okay, but not that good. I think, and this one is okay. It just has a ridiculous ability that I think or I feel is worth talking about. So as I mentioned before, we're talking about the stage two Blastoise, not the Radiant Blastoise from the Pokemon Go special set. Um, It's a water Pokemon, obviously, with a um, 170 HP. So it's already better than Clink Clang. That's great. It has an ability that's not dog shit. It's called Vitality Spring, and it reads a little bit like this. Once during your turn, you may search your deck for up to six energy cards and attach them to your Pokemon in any way you like. Then shuffle your deck, of course. If you used your ability, your turn ends. Energy cards, not even basic energy. Grab fucking four <laughs> twin energies, put them wherever the fuck you want, and you know your turn ends. Holy fuck. Okay, <laughs> so I, it definitely sucks in the fact that there's no way you could do this on turn one. Right. The the most ideal situation is you get a Squirtle out, you rare candy into this, and can do it on your second turn. So it does mean that you're not attacking yeah. on your second turn. So you're gonna need something in the active to take the hit, maybe a Diancy or something. That's that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking Diancy so that you can set up the things you wanna set up on your bench. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I uh, we could do the Evatol, the amazing rare Evatol, finally. Yeah, but we'll lose that though, like right after this comes out, I believe. I know, but we, like we <laughs> said, Evatol would be playable for a small window of time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think this is the way it's going to happen. Right, because so. you could grab two two twins to cover the colorless part, mm-hmm. and then three other energy for one Whatever of them. Whatever you want, yeah. Now, I don't know about the second one coming up afterwards. Like, that one's not going to be ready, but. <laughs> but one of them will do an amazing death i mean mean, you'll be a man you'll manually be manually attaching too you know oh that's true okay yeah 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 that could work then you could get two you could get two evital set up and you just hide behind diancy you know yeah and it's so and even so if they do manage to get around diancy by playing escape rope 
Mm-hmm. Just give him the Blastoise. It's already done its job. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. And then has an attack Hydro Pump for four colorless energy. Mm-hmm. Does 90 plus damage for 30 more for each water energy attached to this Pokemon. It's better than Clean Clean. That's true. Not really that good. <laughs> so, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. That bully is just so ridiculous. It is. It, if mean, it didn't make your turn end, it would be uh, like super playable. Like people would absolutely playable. use this card. I think it's still as use because, like, honestly, this seems like a great card to go in Dialga. Because mm-hmm. they're going to be losing Zacian V, mm-hmm. which a lot of them try to play now to kind of accelerate that energy. They're going to lose Metal Saucer, but this allows them to still get their big attacks going. You know, they can hide behind Diancy, have this on the bench, manual attach, pull this off, their turn ends, manual attach again, and they're basically sitting with two Palkia. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, two Dialga, sorry. Yep. Set up just chilling i mean and they get to attack another turn so i mean like yeah and that will give them another manual attachment so they absolutely yeah. will get two full dialga if they mm. can pull it off so i think this might be the way that dialga continues to be played so yeah and you said because your turn ends makes it playable and what makes or not super playable really good but it's playable and i think what what one more stipulation they could have put on it that would have made the card not playable is if it had to be in the active position because at mm-hmm. least we can still hide behind the Diancy. But I wanted to talk about it, and there's a lot of relations, you know, between this and the card you're going to talk about, which is um, what is it? Radiant Charizard. Oh, another Gen One starter. There we go. So Radiant Charizard coming out in the Pokemon Go set. I'm sure it'll be a unnecessarily expensive card because oh, yeah. it's Charizard. It looks like a shining Charizard. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all black and everything. It's radiant, so it's not going to be super common, but it will be more common than other things. You know, people will probably get one of these every couple booster boxes, I'm sure. It's in the same set, so it's going to be kind of a limited set. Yeah, but oh, yeah, that's right. They can't get booster boxes. So yeah, it's not going to be super easy, but I can see this being a little expensive, which will suck because it actually has some merit as a playable card. Mm-hmm. It has an ability, Excited Heart. The Pokemon's attacks cost one colorless less for each prize card your opponent has taken, and that's going to be super important. Now, first, the HP is 160. Not too bad. This is a basic Pokemon because it's a Radiant. You can only play one copy of this in your deck, but what's cool is this, unlike um, Prism Stars in the past, you can still get it back from your discard pile if it gets knocked out. Mm -hmm. So why is this ability so good? Well, you have this attack. That cost one fire and four colorless. Called Combustion Blast. 250 damage during your next turn. This Pokemon can't use Combustion Blast. It's not going to be around because it's going to get knocked out. But yeah, yeah. it's getting it knocked out. But why it's so cool is because it's one less for each prize card your opponent has taken. So mm-hmm. the way I see this coming into play is first of all, let's keep in mind we have Magma Basin. Mm hmm. We have the ability to accelerate two fire in a given turn pretty easily. I'm a manual attachment, magma basin, and it's back, you know? So you can use it for three. So you, you could use you, it, right. And we'll let, sorry, that, three, that's two. Uh, three prizes. Yeah. Once three prizes are gone, you can use this every turn, basically. So for mm-hmm. three turns in a row, you could potentially be playing this, using Ordinary Rod, getting it back, playing it, using Ordinary Rod, getting it back. This could happen for three attacks in a row of 250 damage. 
Plus, you could be putting a choice belt on it, which gets you to mm-hmm. 280, which Lucha. knocks out. Oh, no, you can't play Halucha. Come on. Yeah, you can't play Halucha, right? Because this is a Radiant. Mm-hmm. So you can get to 280 with your choice belt. That takes out every single V-Star, and this is coming out during a time when soon V-Maxes are starting to become played less. Mm -hmm. More and more people are playing these 200 HP maxed out Pokemon, and this guy could literally come out for three turns in a row and swing for 250, 280s, and maybe you'll have some pings and some other things to, you know modify mm-hmm. the damage maybe you're playing the stadium at one point that drops two and they play basics you know there's all different things you could be playing with this to fuck up their numbers a little bit and then just come out with this card turn after turn after turn and you could be using roxanne towards the end of its life too you know when it's right. like when you're and so you're just going to be disrupting them and attacking them yeah it's great and that, it, let's say you only used it once it's still amazing that this card could, once four prizes are taken, can come out for one fire energy and do 250, possibly 280. All you have mm-hmm. to have is four prizes to take. Why would you not play this if you're playing a fire deck? I don't see it being less than $45. Yeah, because it's a Charizard and it's going to be played. If you, if you want to build a fire deck, this is your card that can make the big comeback at the end at four prizes taken and they're going to have to deal with it, right? And what's, what's well, great gonna... is if they knock it out, let's say they've, you've, taken, you've lost four prizes, right? So you play this and you attack for one energy. Mm-hmm. If they knock it out, they still have to take another knockout. Yeah. So potentially now you use a V or VMAX or something else to follow up, but like they're forced to have to deal with this thing because you can't let it consistently swing, you know? It's just fucking up the, the prize game. And... You know, remember uh, Fiery Flint that came from like Dragons Exalted or Dragon the Majesty? Yeah. That was a limited print card. And like that thing was, you know, when it became playable all of a sudden, that thing was like expensive as fuck. Like it was like a $10 per card, you know? Yeah. Until until people could find more because people were just so this is gonna be this is gonna be a pricey card. It's definitely gonna be an investment and in something like you deliberately want to play with. So now the positive is you only need one of them since you can only play one radiant Pokemon. So yeah, that that is that is a positive. So but you're I gonna mean, get one copy if you pull it in a pack. Maybe this is the one you hold on to. Maybe you don't sell this Charizard because maybe you want to play a fire deck. And if you're playing a fire deck, having one copy of this at the end of the game is pretty nice. Yeah, exactly, man. I don't. I really have no quarrels with it. It's better than Heat Ran, Radiant Heat Ran. All right, Heat Ran's, I mean, Heat Ran's scary, but it takes a couple turns to mm. make Heat Ran really scary. They got to yeah. have Magma Basin out there. They got to do it at least a couple times. Yeah. And that's a couple turns that your opponent has a chance to deal with Heat Ran. I almost wonder, like, this could just be, like, a weird... I don't even know. Like, this could just be your primary attacker where you make it really consistent where you ordinary rod, you get it back, you get it back, you get it back, you know? Um, what if, what like, if the deck was like a bunch of Diancy uh-huh. and this and, and you just else just like this and they have like to knock out a bunch of Diancy, right? Mm-hmm. But they can never gust this. And every time they knock out a Diancy, it gets you into the range of attacking. And then when they knock yeah. this out, another Diancy moves into the active and you put this back on your bench and just continue the cycle of like Diancy Charizard, Diancy Charizard over and over again. 
feel like you'd have to be doing something else more disruptive. In the yeah, background, yeah. Like a fucking butterfree, like just putting stash <laughs> effects on them. You know, just something else that's kind of not too significant, but kind of malicious. And then you just like, <laughs> so like, cool, you made it through the first, you know, how like in games, like bosses have different stages. It's like you get mm-hmm. to different. It's like, okay, you've <laughs> you've made it through the first stage. Now you're in the, in the Charizard stage. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It'd be funny with like butterfree or like, <laughs> I don't even know what else would be like super disruptive. I mean, there, like there could be an Arceus Radiant Charizard deck, dude. Arceus could attack, do 200, mm. accelerate energy on the Charizard. No, if, I think Arceus has to go onto a V Pokemon. Oh, does it? No, I thought Arceus, you said you go into anyone, doesn't it? Ooh. Am I thinking of this wrong? Let's look it up. That'd be kind of bummer if it is. That really pigeonholes it, I guess. Huh? It's not as good as everyone thought. Oh, it was. Pokemon V. Yeah, that's yep. not as exciting mm-hmm. then. Damn. Hmm. Oh, well. Someone else. There's got to be someone to accelerate. But that would be cool. Someone's gonna Blastoise. play. Oh, that Blastoise can't. Oh wait, that <laughs> one. Yeah, that one could. Yep. <laughs> Blastoise Charizard. Evitol. <laughs> <laughs> There are all these crazy <laughs> Evitol, you could do Dancy in the active. Blastoise mm. onto Evitol for amazing death. Once they knock out the Dancy and the Evitol, then it goes into Charizard. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Charizard cycling with Dancy for the rest of the game. Do perfect strategy, man. That's great. That's what you're gonna take to Columbus. <laughs> I don't think Pokemon Go will be out by No, that, it but. won't. It won't. <laughs> but that's fucking cool. This is a cool <laughs> card, dude. Like, I think if you're gonna play fire, like this is great. Even if you're not playing fire, if you can tech in like one fire energy or something, mm-hmm. just because people are gonna be switching to like V Star heavy decks. I mean, this is cool. Yeah, and it's gonna be played for a while. I mean, is it almost worth is this almost a card like that's playable enough worth chasing, you think? Or just buying the single outright. I mean, we have no idea what's gonna sell out to be. If it's anything like the celebrations, then just buy the singles because every card in celebrations tanked. Mm-hmm. You know, people bought it like crazy, and even the Charizard, which is like the chase from that set, tanked. Yeah. So, well, who knows? And this isn't like an ultra rare too, but I mean, not every Charizard that's expensive is an ultra rare, so it does have a special stamp on it. But yeah, I mean, oh, well. it's just you know, you only get like one radiant every. I don't know. I think you get like two or so in a booster box, so. They're not that. It'd be kind of hard to pull. Yeah. yeah, you might have to buy a lot of product. Yeah, and that's how ETBs are, and then you're getting a bunch of like just waste. Like, mm-hmm. there's gonna be a lot of just waste. So, that's sweet, man. Well, cool, dude. We have come to the end of our first Zoom meeting episode. Uh, <laughs> it's good, man. I, I I do like it. I mean, I won't. I'll be the first to admit I do prefer. I do prefer the in-person, but this is, this was, um, still the highlight of my week. <laughs> Not drinking all that free Coca-Cola. No, no. I'm actually like only drinking water there. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to fall into that trap. Yeah. Well, everybody, if you made it to the end of this episode, we greatly appreciate you. Please take a second and give us a five-star review and follow us on your podcast platform. 
Pokey Rogue wants to hear from you and build a community together. Reach out to us with your thoughts about Rogue decks, misplays, and how to avoid being a dick when playing Pokemon. Let's keep this conversation going. You can find us on Facebook at Pokey-Rogue-TCG or email us directly at PokeyRogueTCG23 at gmail.com or at PokeyRogueTCG on the Instagram. And last but not least, the Discord, if you want to see. <laughs> it's like our it's like our only fan. <laughs> it's our only what Good to see some bear booty <laughs> yeah you got you got to go on there and see see austin's bear ass and see him get whipped for real guys like this is not we're not playing around mm-hmm. austin told me to to really hit him with the switch like he meant it too and nick <laughs> nick was drinking too so i mean it was, it was, <laughs> it's it's, a, it's a, a great time and this is what happens when you don't believe in in reggie mm. You know what? Be all right. I'll tell you what. I'll make another wager. <laughs> I wager that you will make at least day two in either Milwaukee or Columbus and with a notable finish. I'm saying like top 10%. And if you don't, I'm going to find you and I'm going to let you pick your switch. <laughs> I don't like this, man. This is like, you ever seen that YouTube skit about the people that did like llamas with hats? And it's like, play the violin, Johnny. Play it no, forever. <laughs> this I is like, you better not fuck up. You've never seen llamas with hats? I don't have an infatuation with llamas, man. No, dude, no. It's, it's like a company that made these little cartoon skits. This is from mm-hmm. the old days of YouTube when okay. like, all these little people were first establishing like comedy on YouTube. You ever watch the uh, the Badger video? No. Badger, Badger, Badger. <laughs> what the hell is that? Okay, I'll tell you what. When you get off here, you look at you search Badger, 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 and I'll search Llama with hats. Llamas with hats. Okay. <laughs> okay. And what are you gonna search? Badger, Badger, Badger. Yep. <laughs> watch the fold. I don't, minutes, I don't know if I can promise seconds. day two at one of these events. I don't know because I'm also like I'm gonna play one of my one of my favorite decks. I don't know if it's gonna. I'm not going there picking the top meta deck. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna be true to myself. Well, if you do next time I see you, I'll let you. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so my encouragement to play well is to hit you with the switch. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I go to a regional before I see you again, and I get a I get a top you know day two of my own, then it'll nullify it out. Oh, then it, okay, so that's how it stops. Mm-hmm. Yep, man, you better hope some regionals come. I mean, I'm gonna be dri- I'm gonna be driving the Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna win. I'm gonna I'm gonna top a uh, top like sixty four in Milwaukee, and then I'm gonna drive just, straight just go straight to Missouri. Straight to Missouri. <laughs> oh man well we'll see we'll see it's like a kid that gets in trouble at school <laughs> you know like <laughs> funny story um i was in fifth grade and i know i had fucked up and um i didn't know my dad was coming to school though and then i'm out at recess and i see his car he was driving a yellow super beetle and i just yeah. see it in the distance and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> He's just Ruined at the school, week. like just waiting uh, for you. Just waiting for me. Did he I mean, come at least, out at recess? Did he go to the playground? That's what I was worried about, and it ruined my entire recess, man. Yeah. 
No. Um, <laughs> I, I, entire recess was ruined. Like they Damn. didn't come and get me because there's a lot of kids playing. But as soon as we are in line, they were like, Austin, principal's office. And I just knew. I was like, oh, fuck. And yeah. Damn. It's because I was failing history, I think. And he came up to things. the school right then and there because you were failing history? Yeah. It wasn't the first time he had Shit. to do it. He had to do it when I was in third grade as well. Couldn't he just did it at home? Like, you're still failing, whether he comes there now or later. No, man. It, it got me in line. Yeah. <laughs> after that, after the fifth grade instance, I never failed a class again. Maybe I did. He didn't know about it. But <laughs> no, yeah, he found out I was failing. And I think maybe I forged my mom's signature because I, yeah. I mean, there's more to the story. But yeah, he came to the story store or came to the school then and there. And uh, yeah, capital punishment was not allowed in Missouri at the time, or at least I don't remember picking yeah. my switch, but all right, man. Okay, man. That was great. Have a good one, everybody.